Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It goes on and said, Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. So we speak out of a spirit of faith. It's so easy to just repeat what other people are saying. But God says, hey, I want you to learn to speak out of that spirit of faith that I've given you in your heart, of God's promises for your life. That is the, and then it goes on and says, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. And God, faith speaks. And I trust the last few weeks you've been thinking more about what you say about yourself, what you say about your circumstances, what you say about your future, what you say about God's plans for your life. Romans 10.8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you, it's in your mouth and in your heart. So our heart is our spirit. What words are resonating inside of you? What's the self-talk going on inside of your head and your heart? Because you're going to sooner or later speak out of that. And God wants us to make sure we've got his living word and promises in there. And it says, that is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. So we're declaring our message of faith. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you will be saved. So it's not just believing. The Bible says even the demons believe in Jesus, but they're not saved. It's what you believe and then you confess and declare it and live it out. That's what makes you a transformed believer in Jesus Christ. And so God wants to make sure our mouth and our heart are lined up together. And I've learned that when my heart and my mouth are in agreement, something amazing starts to happen. My mind and my emotions start to come into line as well. Otherwise, we're led by our mind and our emotions instead of our spirit and our declaration over our lives. And I believe God's stirring our hearts to learn how he's created us fearfully and wonderfully. And it says that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will say, for it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So what we declare over ourselves, over our lives, what we declare about what God's doing in our life will determine the direction you go and the speed that you move forward or whether you get stuck or you go backwards. God says, come on, let's declare the promises of God. No matter what's happening in the world, no matter what's happening on Facebook, other people's opinions, come on, let's live out of the word of God because that's the faith realm we live in. That's the promises that God has given us. <coughs> Luke uh, 17 verse 6 says, If you have even the smallest measure of authentic faith, you don't need lots of faith, it would be powerful enough to say to this large tree, there it is, faith in your heart and then you speak it out. My faith will pull you up by the roots and throw you into the sea and it will be done. And God wants just to remind us that as we speak it, it will happen. That's the word of the Lord. And I believe God wants our spirit, our faith, our words, our heart and everything to line up. 
Because the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And when we've got confusion between here and here and here, life becomes chaotic. The door is open for fear and anxiety to rule us. Our past can be like a shadow slowing us down. Disappointment and disillusionment can come into our hearts when that happens in our souls. But God's there to help us to overcome. I love Mark 11:22. Jesus replied, have faith in God constantly, not just when you're in church. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever says to the mountain, here we go, faith in your heart and then the speaking comes out of it. So God's clearly, Jesus is teaching them, hey, you need to have faith in your heart and speak it out. Psalmist said, set a watch over my lips. Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. We can read the Bible, but then we declare, oh, I don't think I can ever overcome this fear in my life. You've just cancelled out the word of God over your life. What you declare is where you're going to live. So, well, I, I don't think I can overcome this fear, even though God promises this. You have locked off and cut off the life flow of God to reach and change your life. By our words, we line up with the word of God. But if we let, we need to be emotionally honest, but don't stay there. You've got to say, hey, I'm wrestling with this in my life, but your word promises and I'm believing that's where I'm going to end up. That's faith in action, okay? It's just being honest. Hey, I'm facing an overwhelming time right now. There's lots of pressure and torment and issues and I'm overwhelmed. But your word says that I can be an overcomer. Like that lady on the track says, I can do all things through Christ. And she walked for another two days with a broken neck. It was before the time of mobile phones. They had no reception, so she had little option but to find a way to get to the end of the track and then get back to the mainland. And sometimes you're in places where it's just a day-by-day step. Other times, there's great forward momentum in our hearts. And if you've wrestled with addictions or strongholds, you say, hey, I still have an issue with this, but by God's grace, I am going to be free because him of the sun sets free is free indeed. But your mouth has to start to line up. So when you pray, God, I believe your word says this and I'm going to start to live like that. God, I'm going to find a pathway to get there. And that's what we have to do, whether you're a new Christian or whether you're someone who's known Jesus for 50 years, we've got to regularly get our mouth lining up with our heart and our believing and we then move into. It goes, be, it says then be filled up and it said we filled up, lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, in God's unlimited power, but believes that what he says is going to take place. So the believing and the speaking are lined up together. It will be done for him in accordance with God's will. For this reason, I'm telling whatever things you ask for in prayer, in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you've received them and they will be given to you. Wow, this is very powerful. And I really want to encourage you today. God's stirring us to make sure our mouth and our heart agree with what God says and you watch what happens to the rest of your world. Will you be tested on it? Yes, the enemy will test you. You'll start to speak it and declare it. And for a, a, few, a little while, sometimes all hell breaks loose. Because the devil wants to know whether you really believe it or not. And Jesus wants our hearts to be tested so that we learn how to live in freedom over this. And I've proved it over and over. This is how God's work. Words, 
works. And then it says, whatever you stand praying about anything against anyone, forgive him, drop the issue, let it go so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive your transgressions and wrongdoings against him and others. There's a sabotage, a few hand grenades get thrown in if you've got unforgiveness or offence in your heart. It says, deal with that because that's going to sabotage the other process. That's why forgiveness is such a powerful issue. And God says, come on, speak words over yourself, over your circumstances, over your family, over our church, over our finances, over our community. And so God says, come on, what's coming out of your mouth? I think some of us need to have a recorder on for, tw- for maybe 24 hours and hear what comes out of our mouth. That would be an interesting journey, wouldn't it? It'd be very scary for some of us. What actually comes out of your mouth? When, you'll find out when you're under pressure, when there's fear coming, when you're short of finances, when someone's accusing you of stuff. It says Jesus did not answer his accusers, kept his mouth zipped. Sometimes we've just got to shut our mouths and let God do a work inside here and then speak when we're ready. And I shared the story about Zechariah when he couldn't believe that John the Baptist was going to get born. So the angel said, okay, from this moment on, you cannot speak anymore. He stopped him from speaking any more doubt and unbelief and sabotaging God's plan. And he was dumb until the baby was born. That's a bit of a scary thought. But I really believe sometimes we've got to really watch what we say that line up with his word and then we'll see more breakthroughs, blessing, favour, increase. And it's a journey. We need to retrain our minds and our heart. You say, well, that's just the way I am. Hey, the Spirit of God can help you retrain your mind, your heart, your neuro pathways. When you get the word of God, it's so powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing between soul and spirit. We've got to realize the power of the word that we pray, that we sing, that we speak, that we declare. If you keep doing that long enough, your whole thinking process and response to life process will shift in line with God's word. How long does it take? I don't know. It might take a day, a week, a month or a year. But let me tell you, things shift and change when you declare the promises of God and you say with your mouth with faith in your heart. Not empty rhetoric, but words that are burst out of faith in your soul. And God will help you to move in. The the last point is when you have faith that speaks, it then acts and grows. And you're going to take some actions. You get prayed for for healing and the Lord says, well, move that arm. So I can't move it. What happened to the man with the withered hand? He's in the, in the temple in church and, and uh, it was Sabbath and they knew that his Pharisees were going to have a go at him. He saw the man with the withered hand on the back and he was disabled. And Jesus picked him out in the crowd. He's probably hiding down the back because he didn't feel like he was whole. Jesus said, come, come and stand in front of everyone. Sometimes the Lord will put you on a spot because you've got to break the fear of man and you've got to break the things that have held you and that's what faith is about. That's one of the reasons we invite people to come to the front at the end of a service to declare Jesus is Lord of their life because sometimes you've got to break things over your heart and life. And he says, come and stand up here. He looked around the crowd and he says, stretch forth your hand. And he could have spent the next half hour arguing, hey, it doesn't work. Jesus, it doesn't work. You can see it's limp doesn't work. He said, stretch forth your hand. And when God speaks, there's authority and there's faith comes with it. 
And he thought, well, what am I going to lose? I've been like this all my life. I can't work as a carpenter or a plumber or whatever else he was doing, wanted to do. And he started to stretch it out and all of a sudden it became whole. Action had to follow the words. And this is where some of us feel God touch us, but then we don't see the change. Because we've then got to say, Holy Spirit, how do I respond to your word and your touch on my life or your promise? How do I activate that? And that's where the next step is. Second Thessalonians 1 3 says, Your faith is growing phenomenally. Your love for each other is developing wonderfully. Why, it's only right that we give thanks. We're so proud of you. You're so steady and determined in your faith. Despite all the hard times that have come down on you, we tell everyone we meet in the churches all about you. How awesome is that? If you were someone that others said, hey, you should look at so-and-so's faith. They've been through some crazy seasons, but they still keep trusting God. They keep believing. They don't give up. We need some resilience in our faith life that is not tossed up and down by the circumstances, by our emotions or our thinking. James 2.14 says, My dear brothers and sisters, what good is it if someone claims to have faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it? Wow. How, how could this kind of faith save anyone? For example, if a brother or sister in the faith is poorly clothed and hungry and you leave them saying, goodbye, I hope you stay warm and have plenty to eat, but you don't provide them with a coat or even a cup of soup, what good is your faith? So then faith that doesn't involve action is phony or false. Sounds impressive, but it doesn't produce goods, good fruit. But someone might object to say, one person has faith and another has works. Well, I'm in the prayer and the faith department, you're in the works department. No, that doesn't, you can't separate it like that. He goes on and says, Go ahead and then prove to me that you have faith without works and I'll show you faith by my works as proof that I believe. So here we've got faith hears, faith sees, faith speaks in line with God's promises, declares it, and then acts in line with what God has shown us to do. And it's the fourth step that a lot of people just wimp out on or get too scared. God stirred your heart to reach out for people in your community. New people have moved down the street and the Holy Spirit says, why don't you uh, bake a meal and offer to take it down to them? Think, oh, what will happen if they reject it? I remember when we went to Brisbane many years ago, Mary Lynn wanted to reach out to the neighbours, baked this lovely cake, knocked on the neighbour's door and they had a sort of triple locks and, and double bolted doors and, and, and yes, said we just moved in next door and just wanted to meet you. This lovely old lady, Marilyn, so I've got a baked cake. Marilyn, the lady said, uh, my husband's a diabetic and, uh, and she sort of slowly opened the doors, didn't want to open it up. Did she grab the cake off you? She finally grabbed the cake and slammed the door and that was it. <laughs> we were trying to do it. Yeah, she said, I'll give it to the grandkids, you know. We never ever got to know those people because their doors were, <laughs> they were just so scared. That was our welcome to city life. I said, let me go back to the country and the regional areas. But, and sometimes God will stir your heart to pray for some believe for healing. So oh, what if it doesn't happen? So we wimp out on step four of actions that follow the Holy Spirit's leading with faith. God's word says you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And, well, it hasn't happened yet. And I've tried a few times and nothing seems to have happened. Let me tell you, every time you pray, something shifts. 
Every time you pray in faith, something shifts in the atmosphere. It might be a journey. You mightn't see the, the miracle in front of your eyes. Sometimes you do. Last uh, Sunday in Townsville, uh, God gave me a word of knowledge about people with uh, broken bones that had been broken that had healed crooked or they had ongoing pain and never been restored. It was so clear a word. Well, people responded to that. And by the end of the service, I meet a guy in the foyer and says, mate, I damaged this seven years ago. And he said, the pain has all gone in my wrist. It never formed back. They couldn't get it straight. It's all gone. Next morning, we had a text from the pastor saying, another lady had a similar situation. She'd smashed her arm in seven places. It was totally wrecked. There was pins. And said, I've had constant pain with it for years and lack of movement. But I woke up the next morning and said, it's all gone. And I got full I was able to pull a lid off a, uh, a can of uh, tomatoes or something. She said, it's totally healed. And I say, God, you are the healer. That was last Sunday in Townsville. Let me tell you, you've got to put action to your, the words and the promise of God. So we've got to line up, hear God's word, see in the spirit, and then speak and declare it, and then act on what God's showing you to do. Let me tell you, it works. It works. It works. And the spirit of God wants to take us, to grow us up into greater levels of maturity and faith for his kingdom. Hebrews 12.1 says, As for us, we have all of these great witnesses and encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin which so easily we fall into or snares us. Hey, we've got a great crowd of witnesses. We've got a crowd of witnesses here watching and praying for our lives. But I've got this picture of this great big stadium in heaven where they're all there cheering us on. Abraham says, come on, don't give up. You're a man of faith. Paul says, come on, you're going through suffering, but our God will bring you through. And I just have this picture of all these... Men and women up there cheering us on. So whenever I'm feeling a little bit discouraged or overwhelmed, I've just got to read these verses and say, oh, mate, i got thousands of them up there cheering me on. Why? How can I give up when they're cheering me on? And Jesus himself is interceding for us. Whew, that's what Hebrews says. It goes on and says, Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has been already marked out before us. So I think, oh God, I don't know where I'm going. He says, hey, I've already marked the path out for you. All your days are written in the book. Just trust me and walk the journey. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. Wow, so if you think, oh, I don't have any faith... You've just disagreed with the word of God. If you know Jesus, it says he's already birthed faith in you. You've got a seed of faith there. Don't listen to the lies anymore. Oh, you don't have any faith. Or you don't have enough faith. God says, hey, I've given you the seed of faith. I want you to start to walk and learn to exercise it. By hearing, seeing, speaking, and then acting in a journey of faith. And you watch what happens. It will break through over your life. And it says, we fasten our eyes, on our gaze on Jesus who bursts faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation 
and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Some of us need to read those verses every day. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. When you think you're alone, there's a great crowd of witnesses. When you think you don't have enough, Jesus has already given you the seed and he's going to take you into faith's perfection. Those two thoughts alone can help us get through some really tough, crazy, uncertain seasons in our life when what we've been praying for and believing for hasn't happened yet. God is greater and he's working in us a work of faith, perfecting our faith on this journey of breakthrough. So faith is not just for miracles or breakthroughs, it's for daily living in the grace and freedom of Christ. Have faith in God constantly. Even when the challenges, disappointments, delays, failures and other people try to question our faith. The power of the prayer of agreement. Marilyn and I have often prayed over things and, and it's amazing what God does. As long as the answer happens quick, as long as it's slower, but God is faithful to his word. And uh, we need to keep on praying and believing. And there's corporate faith and anointing. When we worship together, faith comes alive. You can be a bit discouraged. When you come into church, all of a sudden things come alive. You know, faith comes alive. We sing some of those faith-filled songs. Yes, with God we can do it. And even physiologically, um, um, they've done studies that singing... Public singing is one of the best things for your soul, regardless of whether you're a Christian or not. But singing with other people is something powerful that helps just balance your emotions and, and release the good endorphins over your soul. So even if you don't believe in Jesus, but you're in a crowd of singers, you'll leave feeling better. It's just a reality of how God's wired us up. When you put faith in there and, and all that going on, the Holy Spirit speaking to us, whoa, you're supercharged to face the next few days or week. That's why worshipping together is so powerful in God's design of how we are made. You say, well, I can't sing very well. That's okay. God will put you beside someone who can. And that's why we all sing as loud as we can so no one can hear those who are off key and those who are not, not quite in tune. That's okay. I always say we've all got good voices, we've just got a rough passage out for some of us. <laughs> but there's something happens when we just release it and declare it for the glory of God. And some of you don't sing anywhere near enough. When you get up in the morning, just start to sing. Do you know the birds, they sing praise to God every morning? I sometimes think, oh, why are you starting at 4.30 in the morning waking me up? And then I think, well, hold on, they're wired up to sing praise to God for the first hour of the day. Just in case we forget to do it or we sleep in, God says the birds, the songs, it's already happening all over the earth. All of creation gives praise to God. I thought you're amazing, Lord. The just shall live by faith. For we live, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes or our natural eyes. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we are weak, we walk by faith, we regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by a conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. With trust and holy fervour, thus we walk, not by sight or just appearance. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, the possibilities of your life are as high as your faith will allow you to go. What are you believing for now? 
Worship team, come on up. What are you believing for now? Is there a faith element to it or are you just working with the natural? Many of us are believing for breakthroughs. Come on. Maybe there's one of those steps you realize you haven't been doing as consistently as you should. Faith hears. Faith sees. Faith speaks. And faith acts. Very simple. But I encourage you, if you're on a journey of having to trust God for breakthrough or change for yourself or a family member or for our nation, whatever burdens your heart, I want you to say, God, show me. I believe, therefore I speak. That's the area where many of us struggle. And the other one is sometimes we just don't step out in faith and act according to God's word. There's so many truths with faith the apostle paul said i have fought an excellent fight i have finished my course and i've kept my heart full of faith how's that second corinthians second timothy 4 7 i have kept my heart full of faith we haven't got time to look at the rewards of faith but there's there's salvation there's healing there's abundant life and many others. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.